Hello, everybody, and welcome to the All American Sports Podcast. Today is episode five here of our podcast. Excited to get into it. Uh, we got my man Cameron here from the Wenzel Perspective. He's got a great page over there on Instagram. You can check it out. Cameron, anything you want to say here before we get going? I'm just glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, Cameron's got a great page. A lot of um, NFL, NBA, pretty much any sports content on there. They just dropped their March Madness predictions, what I just saw for uh, for day two. We're going to get into that. A lot of March Madness talk. Also, some NFL offseason stuff. We've already seen a lot of the free agents, uh, big free agents sign. But still some uh, guys left, so we'll get a look at that. And then we'll also get a look at some of the NBA um, stuff right now as we're just past the midseason break. So getting into March Madness, just want to... Um, get a look at what happened yesterday. We saw a crazy upset with Oral Roberts over Ohio State. Cameron, what did you think of that game? Uh, I mean, yeah, anytime you see a 15 over 2, it's going to be pretty surprising. But to be honest, it really wasn't that surprising. I mean, Oral Roberts is a good small conference school. They got the leading score in the nation. Um, they had another guy that dropped like 30. So, like, those two guys combined had like 60 of their 75 points. So, I mean, honestly, I'm really not that surprised. Yeah, that was Max Abrams, uh, the leading scorer for Oral Roberts all season long. Put together a great game for them. And then uh, the other guy was Kevin Obanor. I mean, I, I don't think anybody's ever heard of those guys, but now you know the name Oral Roberts. They face off against Florida today. Now, Cameron, when we see a lot of these big teams get upset by a f- lower 15 seed, Normally, those teams don't go too, too far. What do you think of their shot today against Florida in a, in a big matchup? I mean, yeah, I actually like their team. Um, watching watching Florida, too, I really wasn't that impressed with them over with their game against Virginia Tech. I mean, they got a good guard and man, but outside of that, I think they're just nothing special, really. So I think, again, I think Oral Roberts can actually pull that out and get to uh, another round. Uh, what is that, Sweet 16, then? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Florida, yeah, they played Virginia Tech yesterday. I They were just not great, not really clicking. I mean, they looked decent at some. The second half, they played a lot better than the first, but still, it's not much to believe in uh, believe in them for another round. Or Roberts won um, over Ohio State. I have them as well going to the Sweet 16 again. Um, we also saw some big upsets. The one that kind of shocked me, Two was North Texas over Purdue. I had Purdue going to the Final Four. Um, I, I, you know, they look like a great basketball team. Yesterday, they looked terrible. What did you think of that game? I mean, if we made a post yesterday about our predictions for the game, and I actually had North Texas winning that game. Yeah. So I think I was one of the few people that actually picked them. But I mean, yet again, it is kind of surprising just because I kind of had high expectations for the Big Ten teams. So, I mean, Ohio State falling, Purdue falling right away. I mean, not looking good for Big Ten. I mean, my Badgers pulled out a big W, though, so yep. that's all that matters. <laughs> yep, the Badgers won over um, North Carolina convincingly. That was a big game that we'll get into. But for me, it was – the yeah, the North Texas one it shocked me. They played great. Purdue, Purdue did, did not look like they were clicking at all, especially I thought – um, in the late late fourth quarter, they just could not shoot the basketball. Um, they ended up coming back, getting into overtime, and then overtime, they just could not shoot at all. They got killed in overtime. 
That was a big one. Um, yeah, let's get into that Wisconsin-North Carolina game. What went right for Wisconsin? What went wrong for North Carolina in that one? Well, I mean, the biggest thing is that Wisconsin absolutely shot the lights out. I mean, yeah. they're an okay shooting team. Um, normally their games, they have one of the slowest paces in the league. That Out of, like, the 350 D1 teams, they're ranked, like, 325th in pace. So, I mean, it's going to be a short amount of possessions. But, I mean, yeah, I mean – Brad Davison, their shooting guard, he averages like nine points on the year, and he went off for like thirty. I think he had he had it was like six for ten on threes. So I mean, if they want to have a shot at Baylor, they're going to need to do that again. But I mean, North Carolina, they're just not built for those comebacks. Um, they're just they're too big, dominant. Um, they lead the in college in rebounding. So they, once they got behind a little bit, there really was no shot for them to come back. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally agree. I mean. Explain it perfectly there. Wisconsin, and that happens with a lot of teams. When you shoot the lights out, you can beat absolutely anybody. That's how teams win March Madness. That happened. And uh, in North Carolina, I, I agree, big dominant. They don't have a lot of talent, uh, talented guards. You know, we just saw them not really play a great game, not stepping up on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, that's the thing. They allowed Wisconsin to shoot and uh, and get hot, and they just did not look good at all. Wisconsin winning convincingly. A um, lot of other great games on the table. We mentioned that Florida Tech Virginia game. I don't. Know, maybe it's just me, but I think Virginia Tech should have won that game. I, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I had them winning. Um, like I said, man, really carried Florida like that whole way. Um, yeah. Kind of the same for Virginia Tech. There, I think it was their shooting guard kind of carried them in, in that game. But yeah, I mean, I had Virginia Tech actually going quite far, but. Like, I'm not confident in those SEC teams at all. I mean, I think Arkansas is kind of overrated. Um, I honestly think the best SEC, SEC team is going to be either, like, Missouri or LSU at, like, an 8 and 9. So yeah. Otherwise, I, I don't really have much expectation for them at all. So you're not big on Alabama? Because I'm, I'm big on Alabama. I think they can go to the Final Four. No, I mean, I like their team. I, they definitely have a shot because I think that uh, whole region is pretty weak. I don't think Michigan is going to make the Final Four. Yeah. But, I mean... Yeah, I like what they got with Javon Quinterly and J- John Petty, but, I mean, I-, I just don't think they're going to make it. I Like I said, I think SEC teams are pretty overrated. Yeah, I agree with you. We saw a great point there because we saw Arkansas nearly lose. They ended up really picking up the pace um, and uh, playing well defensively in the second half, but they almost got upset by Colgate. Um we saw, yeah, LSU is going to play. LSU and um, Alabama don't play till today. We're going to see them. I like that LSU pick, though. I have them over Michigan. What do you think of that upset? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm actually going to go with LSU, too. Um, out of that region, I think it's going to either be Florida State or Texas, though. Like I said, um, I'm not too high on Michigan or Bama. So those are, kind of, those are my two teams for that region. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the Florida State pick. I'm not as confident in Texas. I I would be. I actually have them losing to BYU. I really like that BYU team. Um, I I and Texas for me. I don't know. I really like the Albany Christian team. I I don't think that's gonna happen, but that could be an intriguing matchup. I expect it to be close. Um, I'm just not big on Texas. I think BYU is a more talented team. Um, if they win, they're gonna have to face those teams like like Alabama. Um, but I like the Florida State pick. They got a lot of talent. Uh, we'll see if they can put it together. I think they might have um, a few tough matchups in there with LSU, maybe Colorado, um, a few good teams. But I like that. I think you're, I think you're 
sleeping on Texas a little bit. I mean, really? they were ranked pretty high earlier in the year. I mean, they had a, they finished strong in the Big 12 tournament. I, I mean, they got Greg Brown and good big. Yeah, yeah, you know, Greg Brown. That that's going to be really the X factor um, for Texas. You know, when you can have a dominant big, you can win games. Um, we saw that. I, Texas to me, I, just the talent, bes- alongside Greg Brown, and when you have a guy like Matt Harms on BYU, the seven three Purdue transfer, I think a lot of those guys and BYU a good shooting team too. I think they can shut them out. But uh, but what do you think? Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I I don't know what it. I mean, a lot of people are high on BYU, but I honestly have them losing to UCLA today. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, UCLA's kind of sh- shocked some teams. Like, they haven't been anything special this year, but I mean, I think B- BYU definitely has a capable. Like I said, that region's all wide in the wide open. I think really like any of those teams can make a push. Honestly, one through ten probably. Yeah, I I like that pick there because I mean Michigan without their guy. Um... Uh, Isaiah Livers, I, and we'll see what happens there. LSU, they have been inconsistent. The defensive side has not always been there. And then Bama, we're not too high on. But, um, but yeah, that, that division or that region is definitely going to be interesting. Um, some other games today, what matchup are you most excited for here as we end out our March Madness talk? Oh, gosh. Uh, a lot of good games today. Um, I'm kind of excited to watch the UC, USC Drake game. Um, just get to see Evan Mobley some more. I mean, he's like a projected top three pick. Um, so I'm looking out for that one. But probably my favorite game of the day is going to be Virginia-Ohio. Um, I know a lot of people have Ohio beating Virginia, and I do too. Um, just because James Paxton and then, I mean, Virginia is just, I mean, solid. You know what they're going to get with Tony Bennett. That game's going to probably be like 45 to 40 because Virginia's defense is so good. But, yeah, I think that one's going to be a, a slugfest. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That one's going to be interesting for me because, first of all, Virginia, I mean, COVID issues, we don't even know who's going to be on the floor. But also, like you mentioned, Ohio's a great offensive team. Virginia's a great defensive team. That matchup should be fun. I like the Ohio pick as well. I have them too. A um, few other good games. As you mentioned, USC Drake, that should be fun. Um, Drake played pretty well. They beat Wichita State in the play-in game. Um, and USC, Evan Mobley, as you mentioned, uh, should be a great player. I'm high on him. I think he's, you know, borderline top five player in college basketball right now. I think he leads USC decently far. Um, I think they can go pretty far. They play. Yeah, I, agree. I, I mean, they'll have a tough matchup with Kansas yeah. probably if they win. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, because, yeah, who do you like, them or Kansas? Because I picked USC over Kansas, but that's going to be a tough one. I mean,. I think it can go either way, but I really like Kansas right now. I think the end of the year on a good note, I mean, they didn't win their tournament, but, I mean, they went from being top five to start the year to unranked and finishing at, like, around 11. So I think they got something good. And when you have Bill Self coaching you, he knows what he's doing when it comes to tournament time. So Yeah, that should be a fun one. A lot of good games on tap for today. Now we will move into our next topic, which is the NFL offseason. Uh, we've already seen a lot of big names sign um, elsewhere. What has been some of your favorite moves or some moves that you don't like uh, that we've seen this NFL offseason? I mean, probably my overall favorite signing would probably be John Jefferson to Cleveland. Yeah. I think Cleveland got a top 10 safety pretty cheap. And then, I mean, I'm a Vikings fan, 
and we got Delvin Tomlinson and Patrick Peterson. So those are two awesome pickups. I think they're going to be contributors right away. I mean, they're both. I mean, Delvin Tomlinson's top ten at his position, and I mean Patrick Peterson's a little aged now, but I mean he's going to. Yeah, yeah, that should be a fun Top pick. My least favorite signings um, would be like Kenyon Drake to the Raiders. I mean, I don't really understand that at all. The Raiders basically shipped their whole whole line out, and they signed Kenyon Drake when they already had Josh Jacobs. So I don't really understand that. Yeah, a lot of good points there. I, lo- I the Drake pick for me. I don't love um, at all. I mean, and Josh Jacobs. I feel like he's probably an overrated back, but. When you take away an O-line, it is very hard to get a running back going. And I just don't know if Drake's the answer. I think they have a lot of other needs on their team that they could have addressed. Um, great point there. I also, I, I like how you mentioned the Patrick Peterson one. I'm a big fan of that. You know, the Vikings, they got a lot of young corners. Their defense was not good at all last season. Um, and they lost Anthony Harris, which was pretty inevitable. So they bolster up that secondary with a veteran. I think that's definitely going to help them. Um for me, I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. I'm in New England, so I loved what they done this offseason. Um, what are your thoughts on them? Because I've heard some mixed opinions. Some people say, yeah, they're awesome. They're getting better, the roster. And some people say they don't like uh, when teams spend big in free agency. What are your thoughts on the Patriots moves? No, I think they did very well. I mean, I don't see how people can argue that they didn't do well. I mean, they signed some pretty good players. Um you like that? I like that Hunter Henry sign. Yep. I'm kind of iffy on that Johnny Smith sign. Um, I mean, he's borderline top 10 um, with a good quarterback. I don't know if Newton's going to make him or keep him in that top 10 category because Smith's kind of touchdown dependent. And, I mean, once you get into the red zone, I mean, you know that Newton's going to run it in. Um, they signed some good receivers. They're still missing that wide receiver one, though. They have, like, four wide receiver twos. But, I mean, outside of that, they have Matt Judon. That's a good sign. Um, kind of expensive, but I mean they had money to spend, and I mean they had to make some they had to make some signings if they're gonna try to compete with Buffalo and Miami. But I think overall, I mean they were probably the second best team, and or with all their signings right behind Washington, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I love what Washington's done too, but yeah, the Patriots. I think you explained it perfectly. The wide receiver. Um, position definitely I agree I think they got a lot of talent there it's just how they put it together I don't think Nelson Aguilar's number one wide receiver um, Julian Edelman he's not a number one receiver I think he's talented and probably the most talented out of that group but he's not a number one wide receiver Kendrick Bourne uh, Jacoby Myers none of those guys are really stars but they can all play decently well um, and the Patriots are running football team um, I definitely, I agree with the Hunter Henry signing. Love that one. Um, I'm surprised they picked up John o. Smith first and they paid him a lot. <laughs> Four years, 50 million for a tight end. I think it's definitely going to help and it's awesome that they got both of them, but they did overpay. But like you said, money to spend. So I like what they did. I like what they're putting together on their defense side of the football. Um, yeah, for me, it's just the quarterback position. I don't think Cam Newton's the answer. Um, I think he's got talent. Uh, or I don't think he has talent. I think he's a great locker room guy, great personality. I, I don't think his talent is going to get them anywhere. If, if, they're, if their goal is not to draft Mac Jones, I don't know what, what they're doing because I think that's the reason why they had Newton come back. It's just him to be a mentor for a year. I mean, Belichick obviously, or Belichick obviously has something up his sleeve. I mean, he's kind of got that tight end uh, tandem back like he did with Gronk and Hernandez back in the day. I think he so I think he knows what he's doing, obviously. But 
I mean, if they if they didn't re-sign Newton to be a mentor to a quarterback, they're going to draft. I don't I don't understand it at all then, because like I said, like you said, I'm not I'm not high on Newton at all either, and I don't think he's going to win them the games. Yeah, I I agree. I I would love them to take Mac Jones, and I think they should if he's on the board. The question to me is if he's on the board. I I don't think the Patriots can count on him being there. I you know, and they don't trade up in the draft. So we'll, I don't know. We'll see. Belichick, like you said, something up his sleeve. We'll see what he does at that quarterback position. I'd be very surprised if Cam Newton and Jared Stidham are the only ones in the roster next year. But uh, but yeah. You mentioned the Washington football team. They made some great moves. What was your favorite? I mean, I think the obvious one's just going to be Curtis Samuel. I mean, I don't, I'm not completely high on him like a lot of people are, but that was such a desperation need. Um, and then obviously Fitzpatrick, I think they got a great deal out of that. I mean, $10 million for an aging quarterback, but I mean, that was your, also, I guess, also your biggest concern, probably even more than receiver. Because, I mean, we saw what he did with Miami, and I think he can bring them to be a lock for that division title. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the, the wide receiver position, we saw in the playoffs, I mean, they had no one to throw to besides Terry McLaurin. And I guess Logan Thomas played decently well. But, uh, but yeah, I like that they had Curtis Samuel. I would have liked to see them add probably, a, you know, more of kind of a start. Like, I, I'm very high on Will Fuller. I mean, you got Kenny Galladay still left. I think they could have made a move for, you know, a guy like that, um, even Juju Smith-Schuster. But I, I like the Curtis Samuel signing. I think it's good. Um, we'll see. I mean, it definitely fills in a need. I'd love to see them even add another wide receiver through the draft. Um, but, yeah, I like that Fitzpatrick signing. I think it's good. I, Heineke, I loved in that playoff game. But then again, it's one game. Um and we'll see. I don't know. Fitzpatrick and him should make a uh, a great battle in the preseason. I mean, I, I agree, too. I mean, I mean, Juju signed pretty cheap for Pittsburgh. I think he's just going back to Ben for one year. And then Will Fuller actually signed semi-cheap for Miami, too. But, they, I mean, they lost Darby to the Broncos. But, I mean, they also got back a lockdown corner in return. So, I think they are still pretty solid on the defensive end. They, they might have even made an upgrade there. Yeah. Wait. Who did? The, who did they sign a quarterback for again? I'm. I'm. I'm blanking on that. I know they lost Darby. Uh, I think it was. Was it William Jackson? Yeah. That. Yeah. That's what it was. They sent William Jackson. I love him. I think he's an underrated corner. Um. And I think that's good. You know, because they're good. They're well rounded on defense. They don't have any glaring needs. But corner, I think they're lacking a superstar. Um. So I. I mean, we'll see. I think William Jackson's a good fit. Um. And they definitely. Um, take some strides, uh, and hopefully take advantage of a very weak division in the NFC East. What other, uh, any other teams that really stuck out to you that you did like or you didn't like? Um, like I said, I like the two signings my Vikings made. Um, I guess you could say, I'm kind of iffy on the Arizona signings. I mean, they signed some veteran guys, but I don't think anybody that is going to make like a significant impact. Um, AJ Green, I don't know if he's going to do anything. Um, I mean, JJ Watt, they signed him for a lot, and I think he's washed. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I absolutely am not a fan of the Raiders signings either, and what they did there, just shipping out that entire O line, and then, like I said, bringing in Drake. I like the Ngakwe sign, though, that was good. But overall, I don't think they they had a very successful offseason this far. Definitely, definitely. I agree with that. Um, I agree with that Raiders pick. We'll get into it. But Arizona, I, 
agree and disagree. I think the J.J. Watt signing, I, I agree. Yeah, he's pretty washed, but still, I think they needed a leader of that defense. I like that signing. I think they were planning on having Patrick Peterson return. Obviously, that didn't happen, so secondary is a, is a question mark for them. Um, we saw Hassan, Hassan Reddick uh, sign elsewhere, too. I think Reddick, you know, him leaving for $8 million over one year, I think that's cheap. I, I think they should have re-signed him. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm not really sure why he didn't re-sign. I don't know if they didn't want him back or what that whole case was. But, yeah, I mean, J.J. Watt's going to be a good leader for that. I don't know if he's – I mean, I guess he could kind of make up some production from Reddick. It's going to be hard to make up. Would Reddick have, like, 12 sacks, 11 sacks, yeah. something like that? So – um, yeah, that's kind of a big concern and some big holes to fill. But, I mean, honestly, I think their their draft target for round one, I mean, it's kind of a stretch because I don't know if he's going to fall that far, but it's going to be Kyle Pitts, in my opinion. I think he's too talented not to take him in such a big need at tight end. I mean, they, ha- they lost Dan Arnold, and I don't think they have – I don't even know who their next tight end is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a glaring need for the Cardinals this season. Um, you mentioned AJ Green. I agree with that. I don't love that signing. Um, I, I guess it's you know somewhat of a replacement for Alaire Fitzgerald, um, who just retired. Um, yeah, I mean it, Pitts would be a gift there at, at sixteen. I don't think he falls that far, but like you said, I mean the Cardinals should definitely take him. I think that'd be an awesome signing um, for them. The Raiders we just talked about. I do not know what they are doing over there. They just they gave up you know a lot of their offensive line. Um, Trent Brown, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, and then they went out inside Kenyon Drake from the Cardinals, but without really a lot of answers on that O line, I don't like that at all. I think Nagakwe's a good ad. Um, they definitely need some pass rushers, but the offense to me, I don't like those signings. They also lost Nelson Aguilar, and really don't have anybody at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of. Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs last year, he kind of underperformed by a lot. And I guess you're just left with him and Hunter Renfro now. I think Renfro's still there. Yeah. And that's definitely not a wide receiver core you want for Derek Carr, who definitely – I mean, he's capable, but he definitely needs some help. Yeah, I think, I think Carr is actually a very underrated quarterback. And he hasn't had, like you said, a lot of weapons these past years. I – I think Waller is good as a tight end, but yeah, I was high on Ruggs coming out of the draft, but I do not know what happened last year. I don't think you can count on him for production, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Let's get into our final segment here, the NBA. Cameron, what has stuck out to you this NBA season? There's been a lot of weird things, um, but what has been probably the most surprising thing you've seen this NBA season? Um. I don't know. I don't know if it's surprising, but I think it's the most notable, and that's probably going to be the Suns, in my opinion. I don't think. I think they kind of exceeded expectations, but I mean, you never really know with Chris Paul. I mean, we've seen what he's been able to do last year with OKC, and then in years prior, just coming to a new team and then just leading them. I think that team has some capabilities to go pretty far, and I like what he's been able to do. I think even when he's gone, he's providing them with so much like leadership and knowledge that Booker and Aiton can carry that on. I th- Yeah, like I said, even when he's gone, I think the Suns will kind of be here to stay. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's a great pick. Um, Chris Paul really skyrockets their value. I mean, they are a top three team right now in the Western Conference, playing well. Um, I really like that Chris Paul signing because, you know, 
Devin Booker is great, but he's not a playmaker. Well, he's not really a passer. Um, he, you know, he's a, he's a good shot creator, but I just don't think, you know, I, I think they needed a guy like Chris Paul. As you said, veteran, um, stability, leadership. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just – do you think they're going to go far in the playoffs? That's my question because there's still a young team outside of him. Do you think they're going to go anywhere in this playoffs? tough to say the western the western conference is always so tough so they're sitting at what the two seed right now that's probably might get you a game a series against dallas which is a winnable series but i don't really see them making it past the second round yeah yeah i, I mean i think they got a great coach in monty williams like like we've said they got a great core right now and some good young pieces but i think it's a few years until this team really comes in uh comes take shape and uh, and really goes somewhere, especially with yeah the talent that you mentioned in the Western Conference. Um, we kind of talked uh, about you know our surprising things this year, midseason awards. Um, we saw uh, I well at least I saw a lot of people post that. Um, who has been your MVP? Because that's a big debate right now. Who has been the MVP so far this NBA season? Yeah, I mean. I honestly can't remember a year when there was so many good candidates. Like, there's there's honestly, like, six, seven guys right now that could very well be MVP. I mean, looking at the MVP letter, like, the NBA.com post, I mean, they have Jokic number one, which I, I guess you'd probably say that'd be what I'd go with. They have Dame at two and Giannis at three. But, I mean, I'm I'm kind of sick of people sleeping on James Harden right now. I mean, last year, I mean, when he was with Houston, I was not a fan, but I mean, I absolutely love what he's doing with the Nets right now. I mean, he's leading them without KD. I mean, Kyrie's been in and out because he's always hurt, and he's like posting, he's posting career highs and assists and like both of his shooting percentages. And so, I mean, I think Harden is right up there. Like, I'd probably go Jokic at one, and then honestly, maybe Harden at two. Really, I that surprised me. I think Harden. I I love how he's transformed his game, and he's definitely he's definitely valuable. But I I just to me, I mean, you have Kevin Durant on that team. You have Kyrie Irving. I think he's definitely transformed his I mean, game, and that's great. But he's been out for like four weeks though. Kyrie's probably missed five to seven games since Harden's been there. Yeah, I I just to me I. Harden, you know, I, I just don't know. He does. He only plays one-way basketball, and he's been great on the offensive end. I did not think he would be, um, you know, so quick to adjust the nets, passing the ball a lot, doing a lot more team play. But I think, you know, you got to go with a guy like Nikola Jokic. I mean, the real MVP every year, realistically, should be LeBron James. But I'm talking about what the NBA does. They really does. They really do, I mean, one year. And um and not who's the most valuable, who's played I guess the best this season. I I think Nikola Jokic over James Harden, and I don't know one guy that I I'm not on high as high on is Joel Embiid. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, gosh, I I'm a Bucks fan, so I have hard yeah. bias against the Sixers. But um, yeah, I mean Embiid's been great this year. I mean, we've seen what the Sixers have done, though, without him. I mean, they've been pretty successful even without him beat while he's been out. So, yeah, I think he's kind of kind of a little bit overhyped right now. Um, yeah. Him having injuries, obviously, is it drops him in the MVP conversation. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's really deserving of MVP. But, I mean, he has done a great job leading that team. Um, just to, since I mentioned the Bucks, I mean, I think 
that Giannis has been slept on for, MV, for the MVP conversation too. I mean, if you look at his numbers, I think his rebounds are down a little bit, but I mean, his points are the same as last year and up from his first MVP season. And then just like everything else has been pretty consistent from last year too. So I think there's a little going to be some voter fatigue with that, but I think Giannis would definitely be in conversation again. Yeah, I think Giannis definitely deserves to be up there. Um, we kind of like the guys who, you know, emerge really um, just this season, like Nikola Jokic, who really hasn't been talked about. He's been talked about as a, you know, top 10 player, great player, but not really MVP level. Um, this year, he's been great. So that's why I think, like you mentioned, voter fatigue. I think they're going to want to get some new guys in there. That's why Jokic is in there. But yeah, I mean, Giannis, to me, is the second best player in the NBA. Um, I, I think, like you mentioned, been slept on recently. Um, the Bucs are doing a great job. We'll, we'll talk about their moves, too. They made a bunch of um, recent moves with P.J. Tucker coming in. But, yeah, for me, Joel Embiid, I just for, – yeah, first of all, that injury is going to kill him in the MVP race. I, I think, you know, he's going to fall down the ladder because of that. We don't know how long he's going to be out yet officially. But, um, but yeah, to me, just the Sixers, I don't see them going very far. I think Embiid – you know, he's slow up the court. He he hasn't been great shooting the basketball. I I just, I don't know. There's a lot of things to me. I'm also a Celtics fan, so I can kind of admit bias here. But there's a lot of things to me that I don't like about him. And he's not a, a total, complete player like some of these other guys like Jokic and, and Giannis. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree, too. Um, he, yeah, he kind of plays when he wants to, especially on the offensive end. Um I mean, I should say on the defensive end, he, he'll get that, like, big-time block that makes him look good, but then he can kind of be kind of lazy on defense as well. And I mean, I guess you kind of get – that's kind of the same thing with, like, Harden too. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I really see them going far in the playoffs. I kind of have, like, a Nets, Nets-Bucks, I guess, depending on how the seeding works out for the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with how that plays out. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. He, play, he does play what he wants on the defensive end. To me, he just in the games, he just he sticks out to me as not running up the floor, not running the floor well, and I it just I don't, I don't know the effort is not always there for me in Embiid, um, but I don't know if he can lead the Sixers to a deep playoff run or well, a regular season award. So if he can lead them and keep them in the number one spot when he returns, we could see him up there. But um, for right now, I think Jokic is my MVP. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw some charts on just, like, what he's done compared to the rest of his team. And, I mean, even Jamal Murray hasn't really done much this year when you look at it um, from, like, the advanced stats standpoint. So I think he's really carried his team. And I think if Denver wants to, wants to make a push, they might need to even make a deal right before the deadline ends. I think the deadline's coming up in, like, a week or so. Yeah. But, I mean, Denver has been kind of disappointing compared to last year, so... I think the MVP, one big thing is just going to be kind of how the seeding plays out. Yeah, like, yeah. Like you said, that that could be a big factor for Embiid when he comes back, just depending on how the Sixers finish. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, I expected Murray to have a lot better year after what we saw him do in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, like you said, Jokic has been carrying that team, um, and he's definitely my MVP. We'll see how that plays out. We'll get into it um, more at the end of the season. But lastly here, last thing I want to talk about, Bucks. They've made some moves recently. Um, Torrey Craig being shipped out. P.J. Tucker coming in. Some other guys moving around. What do you think of their moves? 
I absolutely love it. I mean, if you're a Bucks fan, you know the hatred for DJ Wilson. <laughs> I don't even know if people know who DJ Wilson is. He's been just so bad ever since I drafted him. It was such a waste of a pick. Yeah, was he a first-round pick? I forget. He was a first-round pick, correct? Yeah, he was like 17th overall. Yeah. Yeah, he's been absolutely terrible. Um, this offseason, we signed DJ Augustine to, like I think it was three-year, $24 million. I was super stoked about that. I think he would have been a good role player, but he's just underperformed this year. So I'm kind of glad they shipped him out because that contract was just going to kind of hang on us for the next couple of years if he kept up the pace he was playing at. Um, and then we gave up a first-round pick, which is kind of no biggie because, I mean, our pick's going to be in, like, the 20s anyways. But, yeah, I mean, P.J. Tucker, I mean, he's old, 35, 36, but he can guard one through five. Um we needed another backup big, and we have a pretty guard-heavy bench. Um, he still spaces the floor well for Giannis. He hits those corner threes, and that was the big thing with getting another big is we need a big that can space the floor so Giannis can do his work. So, I mean, yeah, worst comes to worst, we shipped out some big contracts. Tucker's a flop, but I don't think we gave up that much to get him. So, overall, as a Bucks fan, I was, I'm pretty yeah. happy with it. Yeah, I agree. I, li- I like the P.J. Tucker thing, but um... – yeah, because I think to me, I, I you know, Robin Lopez um, or Brooke Lopez, I mean, um, you know, he's a great three-point shooter. He's pretty solid defensively and all around, but, he you know, P.J. Tucker is a, more of a, a smaller guy. He can really get in there, play physical with the big guys. Um, and like you said, he can hit those corner threes, space the floor well. I like, uh, I like him coming in in Milwaukee. I think that's a perfect fit. And like you mentioned, they didn't really have to give up a lot to get to him. Um, DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson, two um, disappointing players. Um, I like what the Rockets are doing, actually, because they're, they're taking a lot of players that haven't really panned out and, uh, and bring them in, in the roster. So we'll see how they play, uh, pan out in Houston. But, yeah, I agree. P.J. Tucker um, going far. Last thing here. I'm a Celtics fan. You're a Bucks fan. Come playoff time. Who do you think goes further? Oh, I think if anybody, even you have to admit the Bucks are going farther. I don't yeah. think the Celtics are in a good spot right now. I mean, I saw. I don't know if you saw what Jason Tatum's remarks are about just like how he feels about his conditioning coming back from COVID, that he just hasn't felt the same ever since. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Kemba Walker. I think they're – I mean, I'm not a fan of Gordon Hayward. I thought that was a terrible signing, but – Obviously, that was a huge piece for Boston. I guess I never realized. And, yeah, I just think their their de- their depth of their bench isn't too well, and then they're also just missing another big. I know there's been a lot of conversations about maybe trading for Andre Drummond, maybe Jeremy Grant. So I guess if unless they unless they make a trade like one of those, I, I definitely have to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have to argue for my Celtics, but realistically, I agree with you. I, I think they need to make a move to go further in the playoffs. Um, and they're not looking great right now. I think they're set up maybe to win in a year or two, but the pieces are not in place. Daniel Tice is not a center or a big man that can really take you that far in the playoffs. I think that's a huge weakness on their team. It's going to kill them. And they don't really have someone on the bench who can score the basketball. That is a huge need right now. But hopefully they make some moves at the trade deadline. I think they can. They got a lot of weapons. But... um yeah, my main concern here, just to round it off for the Bucks, is we saw what Miami did last year. I think they've added some pieces, but can Giannis really take them that far? I think you got a lot of great teams there. I, I don't know. I don't see them making it to 
the NBA Finals. Maybe the Conference Finals, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, going into playoff time, I think matchup-wise, I think Miami is the scariest team. Um, I'm not – I am I mean, obviously I'm concerned with playing, like, Brooklyn if it comes to, like, yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals matchup because um, you know what they're going to bring. But I think Giannis would still be able to do his thing just because the Nets don't have anybody that can guard Giannis. And they're just a poor defensive team in general, whereas Miami has, like, Adebayo, that's a really good defender on Giannis. So I think when it comes to it, I think if they get to a matchup against the Nets, I think they'll be fine. But, yeah, like I said, I think Miami is probably the scariest team just because they have a series under Giannis in the playoffs and they know how to defend them when time comes to it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. The Nets, definitely a defensive weakness there. Um, We'll see who goes further. Hopefully we can get another episode out. Um, before the NBA playoffs, we can talk about it some more. But Cameron, it was great to have you on the podcast. Anything like uh, you want to say before we get get going? Uh, no, dude. I mean, appreciate you having me on. It was a blast. I'm always willing to come back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll uh, we'll drop our socials below. His is at the Wenzel Perspective. Uh, correct. Yep. Yeah, and then mine is uh, All American Sports Podcast. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll hopefully get another episode soon. Maybe with Cameron, we'll see. But episode six will be coming soon. And uh, we'll see you.